This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Downey. Our guest this week is David Hollenrich, president of Syngenta Seeds, LLC. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry provides individualized protection on more than 330 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Syngenta's David Hollenrake next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. America's crop insurance industry, providing individualized protection on more than 330 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Consolidation is a real trend in today's agriculture, from the size and number of farms to the agriculture companies that serve them. In June 2017, Kim China completed its purchase of Syngenta, about the same time that David Hollenrake left Bayer to join the company. In that time, Hollenrake says the company's goal hasn't changed, increase food security. What I've seen is they've really allowed Syngenta to run as Syngenta by Syngenta people. And there really aren't any people from the parent company that are making any decisions for us on a daily basis. We have the latitude, the autonomy to run the business the way it needs to be run to serve customers the way we intend to do so. So thinking of the future, uh, this is a much more consolidated industry. What's Syngenta's niche? First of all, um, it, it is about understanding the needs, wants, goals of farmers and making sure that we're capable of satisfying their needs uh, better than anybody else. So, you know, that's not an easy task because the competition we have, whether that would be, you know, Bayer, my former employer, uh, or Corteva, they're very, very good at what they do. And they have been very, very successful over the course of, of the last several years. We have an opportunity to partner with customers in, in a way that we haven't in the past. We are studying the farmer's needs at a deeper level than we have in the past. Uh, and we're simply trying to be a confident challenger whereby we can earn uh, a greater piece of, of their business moving forward. So thinking about the big picture, all the stories are told about how population is going to go and how food demand has to uh, is going to grow and how farmers are going to have to produce more. But yet in the U.S., and I think even to a degree now in the globe, we're in a surplus situation and farmers are looking at red ink on the bottom line. This is not the paradigm that we've talked about. No, not at all. And, you know, it's, um, it, it is a really challenging time right now for farmers. It's very, very challenging. And whether you're owning or renting the ground, uh, it certainly doesn't cash flow in a positive way. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that we have to do, of course, is be very mindful of that and, and make sure that, um, you know, that we're not only, you know, focusing on the long-term innovation that's required, but also the short-term pain that they're going through. And, you know, how might we be a better partner by showcasing a return on investment for that purchase uh, as compared to perhaps, you know, trying to, uh, to push, uh, you know, the, uh, the strongest innovation that may have also with it uh, the higher cost. What's your commitment for research and development and how important for that now, even in these tight 
economic times? I really think you have to look at the long-term fundamentals. And one of the values that the new ownership has brought to us is the long view. Uh, knowing that, you know, a farmer is, is of course, uh, challenged with today's economic times, but typically we go through, you know, seven, eight-year cycles in agriculture. And we can't have a de decreased investment for future innovation. Matter of fact, we've got to double down. And we are certainly increasing the amount of monies we're investing in plant-based innovation. That is who we are. That is what we do. And, you know, I think we, we, we really owe it to our customers and, frankly, to society in general to think about, you know, okay, what is the world going to look like in 2040, 2050? And today we have 7.4 billion people on the planet. It's going to grow to 9.5, 10 billion. And we're going to have a greater global GDP, which means the society at large is going to desire to eat much more like us, which means we're going to need significantly more protein, which means we're going to need significantly more innovation. So that really fuels us, Jeff, and it's the convergence of these technologies, biotech, gene editing, chemistry, digitalization, that really is at the forefront of where we're investing. So the farmer in the U.S., the farmer in Brazil, Argentina, the farmer in the Black Sea region, you're a global company. What are your customers asking you for? Yeah, well, certainly they're looking for higher-yielding products, uh, corn, soybeans, cereals, uh, and then, of course, we also participate in, in, uh, in the vegetable business. They're looking for higher yields, more stable yields. They're looking for the ability to better manage nutrients, so products that uh, corn, soybeans specifically, and cereals that have a, a, a better tolerance against abiotic stress, a better tolerance against disease, um, a better ability to, um, to uptake nutrients um, because they're, um, they care for how they grow their, their product and they want to do it in, in the most respectful, sustainable way. But they also, of course, want to have a return on investment. Uh, so, you know, they're increasingly looking at every input with an eye toward how will it create a better return on investment. Um, and some, some of these great new digital tools enable them to, to make that uh, analysis or conduct that analysis almost instantaneously so they can make a real-time business decision. So as we're gathering terabytes of data, how's that changing the mindset of your customer and especially in relationship to your competition, because sometimes it seems to come that which company knows the farmer and his feels better. Yeah, no doubt. And I'll give you an example. We've got a product called Seed Analyzer that is, has, uh, I, I don't know how much data, but uh, you know the T word might be appropriate, terabytes. Um, I, I don't know how much, but what we've done is we've been able to build an algorithm that will predict uh, the best fit. Uh, for a certain parcel of, of, of land. It, we're not do talking a farm. We're talking field level and zone level within a field uh, so that farmers can choose the, the right hybrid that will maximize their return on investment. Uh, and that pairs up with the cropping system, the fertility program, um, the soil type, the average rainfall. And then it gives them an opportunity to look at a risk, risk profile based on what type of environment we may have. Of course, we're not predicting the, uh, the weather outcomes, but it gives them an opportunity to look at in a dry environment how might it work versus a very wet environment. 
And these tools have really become quite interesting for farmers. They're very, very interested in applying them. They do want an advisor to help them through it because there's so much data and they can make so many different decisions. They want uh, that, that assistance. Um, but, I, but I think it's, it's helping them make a better, uh, more, more rationalized decision with a ton of quantitative data. And they're freely willing uh, to, to share their data, provided we can demonstrate a benefit in return. So does this create a more competitive marketplace? Well, no doubt. And I, I, think, I think, you know, data and the product transparency, uh, I think the, uh, the, the, you know, the understanding of if they make decision A, it's going to lead to a better decision B, uh, I think it, it absolutely does. And I think we, we have to recognize that we're competing against world-class organizations who are also investing deeply in this space. So I, I think uh, the reality is it's going to make us increasingly better uh, at serving the needs of, of the American farmer. Talk about the farmer today and talk about the paradigm shift that we may find or anticipate in retail marketing and in delivery of seed input. Yeah, so traditionally, as you well know, uh, we have produced uh, seed based on a forecast. And by the way, our forecast was 90 million acres of corn, and we're going to surpass that. Um, it you know, provided the, uh, the wet ground in, in Iowa, Nebraska, and the Dakotas uh, subsides. Um, but uh, traditionally, you know, we've produced it. We've relied on uh, multiple different avenues to the market. Um, and I think you're still going to see quite a bit of that because the you know fact is you know we're talking about 150,000 farmers serving 150,000 farmers at scale requires us to be partners with uh, retailers and distributors in the marketplace. It's just not feasible that we can serve uh, you know that type of of um, landscape directly. Uh, so we only have 300 salespeople within our organization. So it's just not feasible uh, to, uh, to, you know, to, to serve them um, directly. However, I think you will see a transformation because of the, of the digitalization. You'll see a transformation in the information they have available to them, in the people they trust in, in uh, making those decisions. And it's our job to make sure that our partners in that path uh, really are equipped to be able to to, to utilize uh, this technological revolution. We have planters today that are able to use artificial intelligence uh, and algorithms that they sample the soil and then based on the parameters that we give the machine, it executes uh, planting depth and spacing and population and perhaps which hybrid goes in which row at a particular grid and point in the field. How is the technology and the advancement of machines helping you serve your customer better? Well, in a, in a big way. And you mentioned artificial intelligence. That's a big part of this. So machine learning. Um, you know, we have, and, and I'll, I'll, maybe I'll approach it from two different angles. Uh, one is what to produce. So um, we have the ability to better understand the parability of different inbreds because of the computational biology capabilities. Uh, and we have genomicists, geneticists. We have, you know, people that really fundamentally understand uh, when you pair two, two products together, uh, what the outcome is going to be before we do it. So before we're making those crosses by trial and error, we're doing it uh, through computer modeling to, to create, um, you know, a better product. So that's, that's one huge advancement that's going to have a profound impact on the types of, of products that farmers will have available to them. 
But I, I think, you know, you mentioned just the sheer technological revolution that's enabling farmers to scale their operation. This is a, a massive trend that's, that's going to be here for a while. Autonomous vehicles, um, you know, really uh, wired together in a two-way communication that enables that seamless transfer. It's going to help us with logistics. It's going to help us better understand, you know, when to bring the product to uh, to the farm or service providers when they can bring the product to the farm, and ultimately, it should be able to to increase their efficiency and reduce costs. When I talk to yield contest winners, both corn and soy, it seems that they are much more intent and exercising more management, more crop monitoring, and from a from a food perspective, they're spoon feeding the crop what it needs when it needs it and on specific times we've not done that in years past no you know it, it's so easy for us i think in agriculture to think about the way our family did it or the way we, you know we, we saw it when when we were raised uh, it, it is completely different today and you know precision has really precision ag has really uh, changed the landscape Farmers really are looking for making sure they apply the right amount of nutrients at the right time to optimize the outcome and minimize the load on the environment. Spoon feeding is a lot more of the norm than perhaps most consumers would understand. And it's, it's important because you don't want to apply 200 pounds of N pre-plant if the plant doesn't need it until June 15th. And so farmers have gotten a lot more capable of understanding, along with us, of understanding when the plant really needs that nutrient, and then they're applying to fit the need. Let's talk about the farmer. If there's any paradigm that has been ongoing, is that a small percentage is producing a larger percentage. And some of the studies we've seen of late suggest that a very sliver of producers will produce as much as three-fourths of the bulk commodities in production. Do you see that pattern, and, and how do you see that affecting the customer and, and your relationship with them? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I think for sure, you know, there's about 150,000 farmers in the U.S. that, um, you know, that have a meaningful interest in the business that we're in. Um, about half of that, uh, Jeff, would produce about 75% of today's uh, crop. And, you know, you, you really put uh, a fine microscope on, on the larger producer, and there's a very small uh, number of very large producers uh, that are that are uh, producing, you know, 25% of of, of the total uh, output, and 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 that's going to continue uh, to be a trend. So the larger producer, um, who who really is, I'll call it that ROI tech savvy farmer, they're embracing technology as quickly as as they can, provided they see a payback. They're analyzing every input with a return on investment lens. They're truly a business um, operator that that has a mindset of a CEO, and you know I think I think that's probably not in view for a lot of people when they think of the American farmer, uh, but that's certainly the trend. And and what that means for us is we have to do an even better job of understanding their needs, their pains, their goals, and matching up our resources to enable them. Uh, to be successful. You know, these operators largely have, you know, a CFO. Uh, they have a full management team. They have an agronomy staff. Uh, they have a procurement team. They have a logistics team. They're really, you know, managing the farm as a business. Uh, and um, 
uh, it's different than, than my daddy's farm. Does that model sacrifice sustainability, or do they strive for it? You know, um, great question, and my, my perspective, and, and I get the opportunity to interact with and meet a lot of farmers, big and small, and I've never met a farmer that doesn't have an eye towards sustainability. I think uh, one of the things that, that really makes this business wonderful is I, I, I would say there's a commonality that they want to leave the land in a better place tomorrow than they found it today. And they all have a desire to secure the legacy of the operation, secure the legacy of their family, and they want to simply do the right thing. So, you know, Jeff, I look at it this way. I think sustainability and ROI are not um, opposed. I think they, they, they go in the same sentence, and I think most farmers would look at it that way. New technologies, gene editing, CRISPR, there's, there's an, an avalanche of, of research and technological capabilities that are coming for this industry. How does it change your model and from the adaptation and the investment in those new technologies? And I think the, the wonderful promise of gene editing is it allows us to have, uh, we, we believe, the ability to bring new products to market faster. So if you think about you know, the demand challenge that we will eventually have, I know that's hard to think about today uh, because we've got a glut of corn and soybeans uh, in, in inventory. But as, as we think long term and the 2.5 billion more mouths and the affordability and the desire for more protein, the ability to chase the yield curve, the ability to, to create plants that are more tolerant to, to drought or heat or cold, uh, the ability to produce plants that are more disease tolerant, uh, which, you know, uh, you know, when you're chasing 300 bushel corn, one of the biggest challenges is the disease spectrum that's going to be prevalent. Um, so huge advancements in this area, but I think, I think it's, it's all about sustainably producing more on less ground and uh, being able to speed new products to market faster. What role does the consumer play in the future of the face of U.S. agriculture, if you will? GMO, non-GMO, organic, non-organic, there are a lot of debates. There's a lot of noise in social media about these things. We see companies that want to brand and own their particular product and, and maybe make it vertical on their own. Is this a change that's coming, and, and how does it affect? Yeah, certainly this has been a trend over the course of the last several years, and, and one of the things I would suggest is we need to lean in and better understand uh, the desires of, of consumers in, in production agriculture. We haven't been great at this. Fact is, uh, more consumers are desiring more locally grown. Um, they, they believe that organic is better than conventional. We've got an educational responsibility here. We haven't done a really good job of, of, of educating with the appropriate tonality and fact. Uh, but fact is, GMOs are, are equivalent to to non-GMOs or, or, or organic on a healthfulness level. They've proven the equivalency. We're, we're blessed in the U.S. to have the FDA, EPA, and USDA regulating these. They do a wonderful job. Um, no doubt um, the most fact-based system in the world. Um, but we do have consumers that have a lot of questions, and we have uh, a lot of fear around where and how food is grown. So we do have a responsibility to be more transparent about this, um, and I'm confident we'll get there, Jeff. And yes, maybe maybe consumers, if they have the affordability, will desire more locally grown and organic, and that's fine. Um, but at the same time, we have to make sure that everyone understands that 
the yield profile won't be as great if we try to go down that track. Uh, so organic uh, likely produces about 60% that of uh, conventional or um, uh, you know, more of the uh, modern production ag practices. And finally, as you adopt new technologies and with your ownership now, a, a, a lot of people have expressed to me they're hopeful that if a company that is owned by a country, that maybe they'll be more accepting of new technologies where that approval rate has been slow. Well, thank you, and I, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, again, let's go back to the premise of why did ChemChina make an investment in Syngenta. It is about innovation. It is about agricultural innovation uh, to feed the country. And if you think about it, you know, just the facts, 21% of the population, 7% of the arable land, uh, they are dependent on other countries to import the goods and services. Um, I would suggest that nobody likes the trade challenges we're in, including them. And do I think we can be an avenue toward, um, um, you know, toward you know, finding a better place? I do, uh, but I don't think we can do it alone. David Hollenreich, we want to thank you for taking time from an awfully busy early spring schedule to visit with us here on Open Mic. It's Open Mic. You have the last word. Well, uh, Jeff, thank you. And I, I would just like to say you know, thank you to everyone here uh, inside the Beltline. I, I know that... Uh, you've got a big role to play. Uh, serving our customer, the farmer, is, is hard work. And, um, and understanding their needs and, and, and certainly helping them get through uh, these very, very difficult economic times has to be on your mind. Appreciate that and appreciate all you do. Our thanks to Syngenta Seeds President and North American Regional Director David Hollenreich, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.